0: What's up, my friends? It's Matt Prince here, the five-dimensional strength coach. Welcome back for another episode of the Matt Prince podcast. Today's topic is this, how to be a beast in footy. All right, so I am going to, first of all, apologize. I haven't been putting out podcasts for a while. I had recorded some, um, and I'm not sure if I'm going to post them yet or not, and they might be posted sporadically. uh, But this is the first one that I've recorded since I got my new headset. Uh, So I got a new headset. One of the boys hooked me up, and I've actually been trying to record in the last few days. But for some reason, I keep screwing them up. So on my drive the other day, I, I... press start i talked for 15 minutes to myself in the car and um and when i got to the to the gym where i was going to train i uh realized that nothing had been recorded i didn't actually press record which is super stupid by me but it's you know that's the way this shit goes and um and then on the way back, I recorded another one and for some reason, my headset must have been synced to two Bluetooths so my car and the, the phone and, and it didn't record again. So I was absolutely spewing. Uh, we had a, a, a really good podcast, it was 18 minutes long, that had a... Uh, no sound so anyway I think I'm on track here it looks like it's recording so hopefully we're, we're good to go hopefully you can hear me clearly uh, but let's get stuck into this guys. so I'm going to be helping a lot of people with different questions that they have different things that come up a lot more around the training aspect moving forward I want to I want to try and improve uh, prove people in their in their body and I'll still be talking about the mind a lot because it's super important but with with the concept of training knowledge education is king right there's a lot of people out there that are getting confused with what's going on there's there's different places promoting like high intensity interval training there's different places promoting like you know um low calorie diets you know keto diets i had questions on fucking everything you know, it will pop up a lot, but a lot of the time, what uh, what I'm finding is a lot of people just don't have that educational background to pick and choose what suits their body the most, and that's what I want to be trying to produce is is get people understanding. Hey, this is actually what I have found to be the best thing to do. Um, you know, in terms of these these questions that I get asked, and this is how I'd I'd, how I'd handle them myself. All right, so when I say this, guys, I don't say this is an arrogant way, but a lot of the people that are promoting all this other shit are, are pretty pretty raw and new to the, the industry, right? They're pretty raw and new to fitness in, in itself. They, you know, they might've been part of a, a place and, and they've liked training and they've got a little bit fit of themselves. They've decided to go out and do three months worth of study, um, which is, this is what I did when I was young. And um, and, and they become a, 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 you know an industry person. They might buy into a franchise or they might understand how to do a calorie diet or whatever. And they start promoting that shit. Right, I've been in the industry, Royal Fitness turned 10 three days ago. Like that's how long Royal Fitness as a business has been. I've been in the industry for over eleven years now, and it's fucking crazy to see you know what the the transformation that's happened in in the journey of my personal journey in the in the industry, but also the industry itself. It's um it's most flooded and saturated it's ever been, the most confusing it's ever been. Um, like so you guys know, like I was in the industry before Facebook and Instagram, like were things that we used, right? It's um and now like people actually quoting themselves to be Instagram. Instagram coaches. All right, it's absolutely fucking crazy. And uh, and I plan on trying to make a difference and, and help you guys at least understand what it is that you need to be doing. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So how to train footy, right? How to, how, to, how to become a beast in footy. And this is in-season talk now. I'll do some separate ones on off-season, but right now it's in-season. So that's probably what matters most to you. How to train in-season for football. Now, for you guys that aren't football people, you'll still get a lot out of this. If you're an athlete in any way, you'll still get a lot out of this. So don't uh, don't switch it off if you're not specifically a footballer. Um, if you're an athlete, this stuff does apply. But I will shoot if you guys shoot me a question on your sport, I'll shoot a specific podcast to you. I promise I'll do that. If you if you question me, you just got to ask me. Um, but what we're going to go so footy generally the way football structured, and the the people that I work in particular are uh, anywhere from local level from like twos or thirds players, um, senior players up to VFL level, which is semi-professional. So they're the, you know, the state sort of level. I work with people in that bracket. Okay. AFL has their own strength and conditioning coaches. Um, I do believe that our ship would work better because I spent some time down at North Melbourne's, uh, uh, strength and conditioning gym and the, the the head coach, he was very similar to me in terms of the, the beliefs and the theories that he had but the program was controlled mainly by the physios, so he he wasn't even allowed to implement what he wanted to implement. So when I say I think where our program and systems would be better than say some AFL clubs, um, I don't take away from say the guys that are the strength and conditioning coaches in those AFL clubs. I uh, fully understand that they're held back, and a lot of them that I've spoken to actually have similar beliefs to what to myself. So um, without further ado, let's get into it. So. Footy is programmed you know, like the actual game day, you got to think about that as step one. So game day is the most important. Look at that as the peak every single week. That's the thing that you have to be ready for. All right. So if your body's um, overtrained or undertrained or sore going into that game, you know, we got that's the first thing you need to address. A so game is very, very important. Now in a game of football, like a lot of people, depending on your position obviously, but, but people could be running up to fifteen K's a game. Right, even even key forwards now they could be running eight to ten k's a game, right? Center half forwards, you know, full forwards and stuff like that. They could be up to those sorts of distances. They're not just sprinting a few times these days. Like they're they're pushing up the ground, they're cutting back, you know, they're leading, they're turning, they're swooping back around. They're doing a lot more running. They're doing a lot more distance. So they have to have this endurance and um, expectation to run. right? So without anything, you know, without stating the obvious, you need to be fit in running right, you need to be able to run, okay, this is stuff that's football specific, so this should be already covered in your football training, um, the coaches at football should be doing this stuff with you, if not, you should have been doing it in the pre-season, in the off-season, getting your running capacity up, now, the, the game itself will cover the running that you need in season, okay, because you should be pushing, right, in training, you should be doing like, generally, they train on Tuesdays and Thursdays and play on Saturdays, so Saturday is game day, so that's the the hardest day of the week. Tuesday should be based around just skills, I would suggest. Maybe some 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 running sporadically. You might do like waves where, you know, week one, you you're doing a hard hard week. Week two, you might be doing a medium week. Week three, you might be doing a bit of an easier week and cycling it like that. Um, football coaches could do that and that could boost up the fitness throughout the season or maintain the fitness throughout the season um Thursday should be skills purely like going in and doing skills and making sure that you're, you you know your team selected and picked and, and healthy ready to go for the Saturday okay so with that said where does strength and conditioning fit in right where does strength and conditioning fit in where does recovery fit in Right. Now, I always recommend recovery to be on a Sunday. Um, a lot of people tend to, I know a lot of clubs, they have recovery days on a Monday, um, which is okay, but it's pretty much only reason it's like that is because it's convenient for the people because people have Sundays off, right? So the physios and osteos or whoever's helping the club do their recovery, it's just a convenient day for them. Well, I could guarantee if it was a perfect plan, they would have them in on the on the Sunday doing the recovery. Okay, so the recovery generally, uh, what you know, what people sort of do, the old school, old school sort of thinking is they go out and stand in a. I, I know I used to do this. I go stand in the river with the team in my footy shorts and just freeze my legs off. This definitely helps. I highly recommend doing you know some sort of cold therapy or some sort of hot therapy. Infrared saunas are a fantastic way to do it. Um, that way you don't need to freeze your balls off to do it, but like hot, cold showers and stuff after games are really, really good and recovery is important. Now, any other recovery like you want to think of, I like uh, the idea of active recovery. So like light walking uh, or fast walking, light jogging, that sort of thing. Doing that on a Sunday, doing some sort of stretching and yoga on a Sunday can help really free up the muscles from the day before. Um, But then when we come into the actual, like what I do, the strength conditioning side of things, coming into a Monday, that's where you wanna be training your legs. All right, and you know, guys might walk in with huge corkies, with you know, massive soreness in their legs from the weekend. Really depends on how they're recovering. Generally, if they've been doing strength consistently with me, their recovery is faster, and that's the importance of what we do. Is they're like they're pretty good by Monday. They're actually usually able to train legs, but if they're not, let's say they've copped a huge corky. What I'll be looking at is trying to is trying to improve blood flow to that area. So it might be some things like light rolling, or we've got a magic stick where you push it up and down on the leg. So it breaks up that tissue a little bit, gets blood flow to the area, helps get blood into that cork. It's like a massage. All right, so that would be thing. We would get them coming in, that's what they'd do before their session. They'd start breaking up all their corkis, breaking up the sore muscles, breaking up the tissue. And that starts the The recovery process okay from there we'd be looking at getting the stretching and the warm-up the movements like the, the crew would do and if they're really sore after that main movement stuff's done after the stretching and stuff's done while the others do the jumping do the uh you know it might be kettlebell work or whatever it is i generally throw the athlete onto or the football player who's beat up i'll throw them onto a sled and get them to drag sleds and they'd be doing that to pump a lot of blood into their legs they might be dragging it for three minutes right? just up and back up and back up and back for three minutes <coughs> what's that going? On? sorry guys what's that, what that's going to do is that's going to increase blood flow in the area so it's going to get the ankles moving calves knees you know quads hamstrings glutes lower back hips everything just pumping up and that's the the idea so they'll be dragging it backwards i'll be dragging it forwards just mixing it up doesn't really matter but it's working as an active recovery to pump in lactic acid. So new blood has to pump out that lactic acid and helps that recovery process. So that's what we're sort of doing there. From there, depending on how they feel, they might be able to hit some strength stuff, some light strength work, right? Now, Mondays are always our leg day in in football season. um, And I recommend it, because it will help the recovery. So Tuesday they should be feeling fresher. Like I said, they'll pump blood into there and get the shitty, you know, shitty uh toxins out generally, and they're ready to go for Tuesday. So the ideal. Is I've just given you the the you know what we do for a beat up athlete. They would hit their hit their movement, hit their recover, hit their rolling out sort of stuff, hit their sled work to get some some blood flow in there. You know, you could sub in a bike for this if you don't have sleds something that's low impact to to get blood flow in there is the key um and from there if they they, a lot of the time they might be able to handle some you know light squatting some you know maybe kettlebell stuff some kettlebell swinging some kettlebell snatching stuff like that so get some power work in but i still probably wouldn't get them doing jumping like high, high rep box jumps or anything like that or um high uh for max height box jumps I probably wouldn't get to get them doing anything out of their sore It's just the risk reward's not there it's more about getting them right for tuesday so they can get back to their sport um lots of core work lots of glute work lots of isolation work of the lower back you know the hip flexors the you know, adductors, abductors, so inside, outside of the legs, that can ha- really, really help recovery. Um, we've got machines at Royal for all those things, um, and generally, you know, if they're beat up, they're on those machines. They're working is- is- like isolated joints, to help get some one hypertrophy in that area, so growth in that area, but two to get just everything moving properly. That's that's the key. Okay, now. I've given you the example of a beat up person. So beat up person, very rare. Again, beat up is, it happens, but it might happen say with an example of say like, I don't know, Billy, one of our VFL guys, it might be a matter of he he comes in every sixth week beat up and pretty sore but then by the time like you know the next few weeks comes around is he's got one week where he's sore and then five weeks where we're getting good quality training in now for the good quality training what we're looking at is where we're doing multiple things here so we're looking at trying to keep speed strength up throughout the year so we're trying to keep you know our our quality of movement and and the speed strength that i, I like to have people strong in is compound based movements and we're thinking you know unilateral is good so lunging um, leg up lunging, squatting, those sorts of things. We often use a lot of trap bars, uh, you know, safety bars, all the variations of those things. So squatting, the deadlifting, the lunging, we'll use different variations of them. So, you know, it's it's always uh, like a conjugate style of training, how, how we're trying to improve weak areas over time and using multifaceted sort of things. Basically, I'll, I'll talk more about the conjugate stuff uh, later on, but we're using specific things. So like it might be for example, a paused squat to help create drive out of the hole, or it might be a box squat to help create like a, a stretch reflex cycle where the, the hammies actually relax at the bottom. And then we're trying to overcome that force really, really fast to get back up You know, from a, from a static position. So I'll talk more about that in a sec, but we're using these compound exercises to get better essentially. So that's all that really matters right here. Now, in terms of uh, in terms of how we run you know, rep ranges and stuff for the speed strength, it really, really depends. Again, we have to go by feel a lot with the footy guys, and it depends too on the level of game that they've had the week before and the level of game that they've got the week coming up. Right. Now I know if there's like a derby, let's say it's like Back of Dali, the two, you know, two town rivals or you know, it might be um in terms of the VFL, it might be Williamstown, Port Melbourne, right? When these games come up, they're, they're a lot harder on the body. So if they've played the week before, it's, it's just because of that, you know, the high, the high stress, the high excitement levels of the players, they're, they're usually going in a little bit harder. Their bodies will come out, out a little bit worse. So we have to keep that in, in mind, you know, the next week, even if they feel good. I don't want to burn out their nervous system by making them lift really heavy if they've come out of a hard game where they've been excited that week before. And also the week coming up, I want them going in fresh. So generally we might have like a a lighter week for that Monday morning for that Monday on the legs it might be like an easier kind of week where they're just trying to excite the the central nervous system a little bit without smashing it um and it, it might be something along the lines of five sets of three at say 60 percent to get the movements happening with focus on really driving up power and ease out you know good form and that just keeps them ready and, and feeling engaged and feeling productive for that time but yeah, they're still, you know, still getting the work and still recovering. So that's one aspect. If they're feeling great, though, what we can do is we're work working hard speed work. So it might be, again, percentage-wise, right it might be in between, say, 70 and 85%, depending on the athlete, depending if we're using bands and chains and stuff like that. It might be something like that. So they, they might do, you know, it might be eight sets of three squatting to a box, and it might be, say, 75% spot on, and they sit back, they keep tight, and then they're driving out. They're gonna they're gonna get good work out of this. They might have a little bit of muscle soreness on the Tuesday, which is absolutely fine because they're gonna be recovered by the by the Thursday and, and then you know again Saturday. So we can use those sorts of methods to increase speed strength. And we might do that either with lunging, even like low rep, high, high-quality lunging, um, deadlifting. It really, really depends on what the people need and what's sort of going on in our training plan in the gym, but it's uh, you know, there's a lot of aspects to that. Now, the key, when we get a good uh, a good run at it, so it might be, say, again, we'll use an example of a, a football player who's had a hard game on the weekend, but they've come in, they're feeling pretty fresh, pretty fresh, but they have a buy the following week. What I like to do on those days is we can utilize those buy days to, to max out and to get some heavy lifts in. And I'm not saying max out as in like grind a fucking shitty quality deadlift. It's let's get some heavy, heavy work in so they can, you know, maintain their maximal strength throughout the season. Because generally they they generally get a few weeks throughout the season sprinkled um, where they're they've got a week off the following week. It might be through an interleague round, might be through a buy round, it might be through, you know, they've just been literally just been rest they, they want to rest for that that week or you know they might get dropped for that week whatever it is but that really gives us a chance to boost up some strength work to get a quality few few good sets of squats and deads in so they can still feel it and they still understand hey this is what it feels like to lift maximal weight and also we use it as a bit of a tester so generally I'll find a lot of people don't lose any more than 10% of their maximal strength throughout the season. If not, they'll be generally gain, depending on the level, but I'm talking like guys who have trained with me for four or five years um, and compared to the off season where they're still you know, pushing it, they generally maintain or lose maybe up to 10% of their maximal strength in the season. Um, but newer guys, like people who are just starting up, they're always adding, they're always gaining because you know, they're so new to it. Our, our system just gets them stronger throughout the season even though we're not going full steam ahead at it you know like even though we're not trying to progressively gain it just happens for these people so really depends on the on the age of the training for like strength training for that athlete so i hope that makes a little bit of sense now with that said guys once we've done our whether it's speed work, recovery work, or maximal strength work. On the Mondays, we always, on the legs, we'll always break into the movement-based stuff and and, and, and unilateral-based stuff. So lunging, single leg Romanian deads, there's some favorites of ours. Um, Cossack squats are a favorite. Um, sled pushing is a favorite of ours i really like that sled pushing sled dragging uh that's as unilateral as you can get as well um it's weighted walking and running basically uh what else is there we use step up sometimes we'll use um yeah things like uh sometimes we'll get um athletes doing i've just started because we've got a belt squat machine now uh, marching in the belt squat so that's a very very good drill to use but if you don't have a belt squat machine it's very hard and awkward to do that's where sled dragging probably is a closest carryover um, but yeah we, we mix it up now something i will be playing with moving forward is single leg good mornings and doing them uh, as as a higher rep type thing whether whether it's with bands or a safety bar um, doing single leg good mornings to keep focused on building up the the glutes and the hammies but like individually because a lot of times there is an imbalance in the body and i think you know the single leg romanians are fantastic but i, I reckon the good morning might have a better carryover especially if it's done light for more reps I think it might have a better carryover to the the, the movement, the movements that are required for running and impact based sports. I know myself doing a lot of good mornings has helped my martial arts stuff. And I have a theory that it will help the the football guys, but I haven't tested it yet. So that's something, if you want to play with it a little bit, let me know if you're a Royal fitness member, we can start tweaking it in there. Um, and if you're not a Royal fitness member, start with bands I'd recommend, uh, and make sure that your form's really, really good because it's not something that beginners I should, I, I think should do is, is good mornings. Um, however, you know, it's a it's a fantastic uh, exercise if you can if you can pull it off. Uh, what else is there so from there guys we're hitting the unilateral based uh, stuff so the single leg work we're building up a lot of volume in those areas mainly focusing on the glute area the hip area you know those sorts of things hamstrings a lot of hamstrings um, we don't do a lot of quad focused work at royal fitness at all um, it gets built in through you know squatting or front squatting or lunging you still get it the, the sled work but we're, do- we're, we're mainly focusing on trying to build up the glutes and hammies and um, you know some other ways we do that is, is with the kettle bell work which we generally will flow into either before um the the max effort work or after the unilateral work we'll do a heap of a heap of volume of say kettlebell swings or back extensions or whatever it is and we'll build that in so they're getting an extra work through those areas uh, we all, always get some core throat in there and some upper back work thrown in there on the leg day so whether it's through, you know, it might be trap work or pull row work or pull-ups or whichever it is, pull-aparts, we're always throwing in some upper back. Now, the reason for that, guys, is when, when we've got people two days a week we want to always make sure that they're getting in as much volume as they can handle across it so if we can sprinkle in things like snatches or clean and presses or um you know pull aparts or rows or pull ups and get in some upper work on the on the leg day they're getting in more volume total so they're going to keep progressing faster it's stuff that's not going to smash them so it's not going to affect upper body day when it comes around but it's stuff that's going to be productive and help you know especially for the upper back it always helps having stronger upper back to to lock the bar down when you're doing squatting or have a stronger upper back so you can lock your shoulders back and retract them well for your deadlifts it always helps now from there guys we always generally finish with a finisher when i say always generally um, i had to pull back a little bit because always is a strong word uh there is again times when people beat up but a finisher might be if it's a cardio based finisher that we think they need it'll be a finisher with sleds generally it will be you know most likely getting two or three guys on a sled and just going up and back or um, switching in like a, a bit of a relay type setup just to, just to pump lactic acid and that anaerobic fitness into them. And that could be done between you know five to 10 minutes, just having a, a real good crack on that. That's a really good way to do it. You don't pull up too sore from it because it's all concentric based movements as in, as in you're just pushing the weight, but there's an, it's not like a down fight phase where you'd get a, generally get sore. So if you're doing, say a lunge, it's a down phase that gets you sore. It's not the up phase. So sledding can be great for that. If they are super fit, um, let's say the guy, you know, Billy that I was talking about, he's super fit. He did a warm up run the other day and it was two Ks and he hit just over seven minutes and he wasn't really that cooked. He did that before a session because he wanted to get a run in because he didn't plan the weekend. Now, this guy, there's certain points where yes, I want to smash him cardio wise to get his mental strength up, but there's really no need. And it's something I do rarely. So he might be hitting something like, um, you know, things are sore. source. It might be like rotator cuff work, um, high rep band hamstring work. So getting, getting hamstring work in extra stuff like that will be his finishes. Um, but yeah, then if there's somebody who's, say, a twos player that needs more fitness, they're going to be doing more fitness-based stuff to get it up. It might be a circuit that's low impact, say, again, like sledding, it might be uh, ski ergs, it might be a bit of boxing, it really depends. Um, but the the fitness raising, if you're, if you're you know, a... Uh, if you're not at the level that you want to be at in terms of fitness, the extra cardio does help, but it has to be done in a, from an SNC point of view, from from my point of view, has to be done in a low impact way so they can go out and run hard, kick hard on that Tuesday and then you know get through to game day as well. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. So when we look at keeping strength, uh, speed in, some other things we like to do is jumps. Now, jumping wise... I like to always add in at least 20 jumps if we're doing a jumping session, and generally we'll do that once a week for an in-season person. If they're, if they're out of season or, again, a twos player, we'll generally do it on the Monday and the Friday. That's how I sort of like to do it. The way we program this in for our general programming as well, we'll try and jump twice a week, but it's not something that you want to do um You know, one or two days apart. You sort of try and break it up and have them so they're different types of jumps. So one day, like lately, I've been doing personally. I've been doing it myself. So I've been doing weighted box jumps on my lower body max effort session, which for me is held on a Tuesday. And then for my speed day on the Fridays, what I'm doing is I'm doing uh like either lower boxes. So say I might try and build up to a say five rep max or a one rep max with you know, whatever weight I, or with whatever height I choose. So the other day I had uh, 30 inches, so it was 75 centimeters. And I grabbed two, built up to two twenty-eights and that was my jump, right? So I built up to that. And then on the Friday, when I was doing say eight or 10 sets of my, my speed squats, because I, I still like to train squatting as my main speed movement um, for, for myself, because that's what I like doing. Um, I have been hitting the jumps for four reps in between. So I still get 10 sets of four. So I'm getting 40 reps on the Friday of weighted jumps, I'll go to the same height, but it'll be with half the weight. So it'll generally be with like 16 kilos each hand instead of 28s because I don't have 14s down my end. So that's, that's sort of how that's structured. So those jumps are kept in that way. But for a guy again who's a who's a sort of elite footy player, I would recommend just getting him in on the Monday and then you know hitting hitting the legs and, and leaving it there, so they got Friday to recover. Um, but the twos guys more work is good if you if you're trying to push to the one because generally if you're a good player in the twos and you're pushing for the ones, the reason you're generally not there again, I have to keep saying generally because it's it's very individualized here. But the reason you're generally not there is either because one, you don't have the attributes to, you don't have the skill level to be playing ones just yet. You don't have the attributes as in the strength, the size, the speed, the power, all of that sort of stuff to go along with your good skills to make it. So, you know, you're not getting pushed around in that one's team or, you know, the other thing too, a lot of people can be a gun footy player, but they're just too young. They're just underdeveloped. So getting extra sizing is the key. All right. And and I've seen this a lot. We've got a lot of the guys that play in the Bakersmarsh seniors. In, when they when they won the grand final, we we were teaching. I started training the the preseason for Bakersmarsh in two thousand and twelve, I believe it was. Um, we had that we had that contract, and we sort of worked it up until they won that grand final. I believe it was two thousand and sixteen. They won the flag, and I said to them at that time when I had to make a sales pitch to the president, the coaches, and all of that, and I said, "Look, your boys are really really good now, but they're not strong enough." That's the that's the problem. The fitness will improve over the years, but the focus will have to be to get them bigger and stronger. Now, four years later, and we're doing pre in pre season. Back then, we're doing handstand push ups, pull ups, one arm push ups. They had to do compulsory thirty leg raises before they started training, like hanging legging, hanging um hanging leg raises for chin up bar that's what they had to do before training so i had all these these little targets that they had to hit that i knew would get their body stronger and then you know four years later bit of skill the, the younger boys and they were predominantly a young team but the younger boys they'd, they'd got a bit stronger a bit bigger they're all sort of about 22 23 years old had a few good recruits won a flag right awesome it's fucking tremendous strong teams win right you'd rather play a, you'd rather play against a weak team than a strong team any day of the week especially if the skill level and the fitness levels you know good i'd would much rather play against a weak team that's not going to hurt me and intimidate me and that's sort of what i think a lot of uh, a lot of people need is just to get that extra strength and size coming in so if you're a twos player who's young, but you know you've got potential, get bigger, get stronger, get more powerful, and you'll see that your skill just improves as well. Your football will improve, but you'll also you know you'll be able to hang with the men. Um, and that's that's uh, again you know another another reason why, ruckmen and big forwards take so long to develop is just because when they have got a backman who's 26, 28, and the strong as fuck and you're 19 but you're tall and good like you're going to get pushed around you're going to get bullied like i used to play backline and i just used to try and bully people because i was stronger than them so i'd push them out of the way I'd punch them in the back of the arm do you know all that sort of stuff like it's it's the way you win is physicality if you if you're against somebody who is a um, you know an elite forward that's just how it works so i hope that makes a little bit of sense but with the submax strength, we're always looking to keep that. So I've talked about the speed. We're trying to keep the jumps. We're trying to keep those um, you know speed work days in, so they're getting quality lifts in, um, producing power through the kettlebell work all that sort of stuff. With the submax strength, submax strength what our main focus is. We don't focus on maximal strength in season. Again, I'm not trying to build up somebody's one RM during a season, unless again they're a twos player and and they're wanting to to gain strength so they can progress into that ones team. Um, but for, for again, the, the the higher level guys, the, the ones players, the, the VFL guys who are set in the team, they know where they got to play. It's just about keeping that sub max strength up. So when I say sub max strength, a max effort day for them, like a really heavy day for them in season might be building to like 85% and doing three sets of three, you know, something like that. Something that's not high risk, something that's not a grind, something that's quality, but hard um, and keeps them keeps them lifting weight. That's what we're trying to do. All right, we're cycling the lifts between our deads, our squats, our lunges. So that's, that's another little area. Now, the hypertrophy side, I sort of touched on this before, but some of the, the muscle groups that you want to really, really focus on if you're, if you're a football player or even if you're just a general person who wants to look good and perform better, hamstrings, glutes, lower back, core, and upper back. Right? These are the areas that you want to get focused on because if you build these areas up, you're a monster you know, a lot of, a lot of sports are played through the hips. That's, you know, that's, that's just how it is. The stronger the core, the back, the hips, the better the athlete. All right. And it's just been proven time and time again. So these are the areas we're sort of isolating. We're focusing on when it comes to upper body. The other thing I'll throw in there is triceps and traps. We're, we're focusing on them a lot. Um, triceps mainly to get the upper body stronger as in like using, you getting bigger arms. So you can one look bigger and feel bigger, but two, you can bench press and press more weight. So that really helps. But the rest of it, is all based around protecting and stabilising the body. Upper back, your traps will protect your neck. You, you, you know, your rhomboids and your lats will protect your shoulders and keep your shoulders healthy. Your core and lower back—that's going to keep all your back your back healthy. Basically, your glutes are going to keep your hips healthy. Your hamstrings are going to stop you from getting fucking hamstring tears from sprinting and kicking, right? So that—that's you can see the importance in all of that. It's, it's all there. Now. As we sort of shift gears a little bit, guys, that's given you a big, um, a big understanding or a big insight into some stuff to consider for your lower body stuff if you're a football guy. But let's look at this, guys. Upper body. How do we train upper? Now, I've been sort of cautious and conservative on the legs, yet still productive on the legs. But upper body, it's a different game. Obviously, sometimes you get injured shoulders. You get tweaks, you get bumps, you get bruises. But very often, very rarely, um, you know, guys who play footy can't lift with the upper body, You know, very rarely. So what we're trying to focus on with the upper body is just to keep things progressing as normal, as much as possible. Obviously, there's times when they're sore and we have to adjust, but most of the time it's trying to build up the, the strength in the upper body. Now, I personally have a, a bias towards horizontal pressing, aka bench pressing, aka dumbbell pressing you know, landmine pressing, anything like that. I I like things that press horizontally. And the reason for that is most people can do it safely. All right. There's a lot of people who and there is exceptions, but there's a lot of people who can't press health press safely overhead. They don't have the thoracic mobility, they don't have the shoulder, you know, mobility to to raise their hands above their head. They don't have, you know, the basically the, the coordination to lock their core down you know brace their abs you know keep everything really really strong as they press it just gets risky so there's there's higher risk of lower back pulls there's higher risk of um shoulder injuries there's higher risk of even elbow injuries when people are going overhead so we have a tendency to do overhead work single arm and our main our main work for upper body as horizontal pressing so that's, that's sort of what our main focus is on Wednesday coming in. We're gonna warm people up. It might be things like the single arm stuff. So single arm snatches, kettlebell snatches, dumbbell snatches, things like that to create full body power. Um, we might have a, an exercise where we're doing some sort of upper back work. So it might be face pulls or rows or something like that. And then we'll generally have some sort of either pressing or tricep exercise to warm up. And it will be light dumbbells. It might be um, it might even be light external rotator work depending on, on the day, um, depending on the week and the plan. but the other thing we might throw in there is tricep work. So we'll, we'll sort of pick the weak area that we need, whether it's pec, tricep, or rotators, and we'll throw that in. So there's always upper back and there's always some sort of unilateral explosion. Um, after that, we could have some ball slamming or some ball throwing, something like that, to, to fire up the nervous system more and get some power. Then we move on to the main lift. Okay, so we're moving into bench pressing, generally. And it will be, when I say bench pressing, I'm using variety of bars. We've got Swiss bars, Football bars, we've got bent bars, we've got cambered bars, we've got bamboo bars for the people who need stability work, we've got the dumbbells, we've got um, landmine pressing, we've got straight bars with close grip, we've got blocks, you know, we've got so many different variations. Bands, chains can add on to all of them, right? So when I say bench pressing, the way we do it is different to a normal gym. You're not gonna walk in, see the bench one bench laying there with uh you know, one bar on it. We've literally got generally eight benches set up if if, if need be. Um with different bars. Usually there's different bars, there's different people doing different things. Like I said, the guys with shoulder stability issues or shoulder injury issues are bamboo bars. The guys who have fucked up wrists or elbows are on the dumbbells. The guy or, or the Swiss bars. The guys who have weak triceps, I'll put on the Swiss bars on angle grips. Um, they might be on close grip with chain. It, it really, really depends on the person, but we will focus on benching hard. And the way I like to do it is in a four week block you're going to have one deload week. So let's say it's week one, for example, and that might be you build up and you might hit a heavy 10. You might go hard for 10 or you might do a few sets of 10 to get some volume in. Week two, we're going to go a little bit harder. We might build up and hit a heavy five, like a five rep max. Okay. So it's, it's a max out. It's hard. And you got to remember guys, we're trying to put size on. So a max rep of five, that's going to be more efficient than doing ones when we're trying to add size progressively. But you still need to hit ones you know to keep your maximal strength going up for your five. Um the third week, we might be doing multiple sets of three. So we're aiming for any anywhere between fifteen and twenty five quality reps around eighty percent up to 85%, we're looking for that. So that, that could be done in sets of five, three by five, four by five, five by five. Um, it could be done in sets of eights. It could be done in sets of threes where we're doing six sets of three or eight sets of three, and we're working volume there. So that's getting some quality sub-maximal lifting in, training optimally there. And then generally on week four, we're gonna hit another max. It might be a, a five or a three or a two rep max with a specific, it might even be a one rep max with a specific bar very rarely we're maxing out with a straight bar in this. It's generally going to be one of their specialty bars. So like for instance, on the last cycle we hit up, we built up to a one rep max, but they were doing Swiss bar or bent bar. There was nobody who did a straight bar except for the very new people to the program um, where we actually just wanted to test their straight bar, but they won't do that again for the next probably, I don't know, six months, three to six months. Um, they won't be maxing out with that straight. Now, from there, guys, after we've hit our main bench, we're moving straight into small exercises again, right? It's, it's all the special things that bring it up. Dumbbell work, um, it could be um, upper back work, tricep work, you know, close grip work, lat pull-down work, um, you know, it, it, again, it's very dependent on the programming, but that's how it's sort of structured. We're doing our warm-ups with specific things, with specific power and CNS-type activation. We're doing our our lights um, volume work for the areas that need to be built aka the weak areas we're doing our building up in our heavy lifting we're hitting that hard and then after that it's, it's again it breaks up into all of the more isolated movements we start with the compound specific movements it could be like say rowing or uh you know close grip benching and then we'll progress that out into isolation complete isolation work whether it's triceps biceps shoulders rear delts um, traps all that sort of stuff so we do do isolation work we do try and body build in these weak areas because that's what brings them up and generally on the after the upper body pump work's done we don't have a finisher very often for the football players They'll, they'll sort of again work into their hamstrings or some mobility some stretching to feel good right for general population yeah we do because they need it they don't they're not out there playing footy Three four days a week, right? They're trained, not training three four days a week, so they need some some finishing work. But for the footy guys, generally not, right? Very rarely, again, unless they're out of shape, they're not doing that. They're, there's no need. There's there's better things that they could do. But if they're if they are out of shape, we're throwing them in. If they're getting on the battle ropes, they need more cardio. Like, it's just the way it is. So. With that, you can sort of see, hey, these are these are what we do on Monday and Wednesday. We're generally only lifting two days a week. Uh, that that maintains and gains slowly their strength in season. One thing I would suggest, again, for twos players training Fridays, and that would be a full-body session, not smashing yourself, but full-body session, you're going to do um, no real deep quad, like hard quad stuff, um, no really, really hard... Um, grind lifts but you might do some speed work with deadlifting and then just mainly upper body after that that stuff can be productive you can train cardio then can be productive if you're a, a low level player wanting to make it to the higher levels because extra work does add up it compounds over time and if you real if you're realistic with yourself you probably need another season or two to get to the level that you want to get to so if you think of like if you can get 52 or not 52 let's call it what in season call it 26 I'll say it's a six-month season, roughly. If you can get twenty-six extra Friday sessions in, you know, two years in a row, that's an extra fifty-two sessions. That's gonna help per, per massively, like in terms of your progress um, over the over the course. And then once you're in in that higher-level team, your Friday session would shift to more uh, mobility and movement-based stuff. So it might be foam rolling, might be a little bit of light bike riding, um, some some you know footwork stuff. Just having a play, really. Some core work, maybe but nothing crazy and that's that's sort of what what i recommend now as i wrap this up guys i hope that 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 helps i I hope that gives you a really deep understanding of sort of how i would program for an afl game uh specific person an individual um looking at more so the lower level so looking at that vfl looking at that uh and I, i don't say lower levels to be you know uh I suppose talk down on those things. VFL is high level. I just mean, like, when you don't have specific times that you're paid to get be in the gym with physios watching you, this is how I would train. This is how I train VFL guys. This is how I train local level guys. Um, and I think, you know, our, our results have proven time and time again that they work. Our guys are always stronger they're always in the top levels of the beat tests and stuff like that when they're, when again, when they're doing the work at the higher levels, they're, they're always up there. You know, the, the people in the gym, like, you know, it's it's it just shows. You've got guys like Hammer, you've got guys like when when Mullen was in, Tyson Shea was in, like, you know, Scotty Sherlock when I was helping him, you know, you've got guys like Billy doing the VFL stuff, Luther out at Dali, Hanno out at Dali, you know, Ziggy when he was with us, Harley when he was with us, these guys are fit as fuck, right? And doing the strength didn't, hinder their performance if anything it just added to their performance they were able to recover faster they were able to cop bumps harder and they were fucking intimidating to play against now these are guys that i've worked with over the years there's plenty more there's guys like tomo who's a fucking tank um i worked with him up until this year um all through you know getting him up and up in the twos, getting him stronger there. And now he's progressed into the seniors as one of the ruckmen. He's a fucking behemoth. Like he is an animal, right? And this is all just built through building up these fundamental things over time. So when I say this, guys, I, I do have a lot of experience in this. I have done multiple pre I think it was five or six pre-seasons with, with the Cobras. Um, and I've helped multiple people in multiple teams, you know, progress. Like there's, there's guys who I've helped get into the AFL system. There's guys who I've helped, you know, with the TAC work, um, from kids developing them up as kids, building them up, like guys like Stooley who came with me with fucked up hamstrings cause he did his knee and he was actually in the AFL VFL programs down at Geelong and, uh, and, and had the physios and had the recovery, but it wasn't working when he started with us, got his lower back strong, his glutes strong, his hammy strong. He hasn't had a hammy injury this year, right? He's the best, his best shape he's been in, which is, you know, again, it's, it's just more proof that what we're doing really, really does work and help the, uh, the sport. So guys, if you do have any questions on any of this or if you are interested in joining up Royal or if, if you're away like and you're not a, a part of Royal like or if you're not in, in back of Smarsh or the area, hit me up. There's stuff that we can do. I can, cons- I can consult with you online. We can do online sort of programming. If you're in the area, I'd, I'd always love to get you in the gym. It's always better to be in the gym. Um, but we, we can work out a way to keep you progressing as, as best you can on and off the field so you can become the best player you, you want to be and become the best athlete you want to be. If you do have questions, guys, please hit me up. Best place to hit me up is on Instagram or Facebook. Just message me on Facebook. Um, but beyond that, guys, if you ever have any questions or need any help, I am here. This is what I'm. This is why I'm here. But if uh, if there's any way I can help, that I'd be I'd be pleasured to. So, guys train hard, work hard, never be a weak guy. In a a strong sport, always be the strongest on the field. You'll be harder to kill. You'll perform better. And I can guarantee you'll love that feeling. Anyway, that's all I've got. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.